can hear them, there are some goldfinches. singing little goldfinch songs. They've come to hang out by the sunflowers recently. The sunflowers are producing tons of seeds and so the goldfinches are here to eat them. Yesterday I walked outside and I was using the toilet and suddenly I saw this huge fluff, a big gray puff around the corner, and I thought, what the hell is that? And it kind of moved a little bit, and I thought, there's no way. And I got up and looked around the corner, and not a foot away from me was a giant gray squirrel staring at me, which is really weird because we, out where I was sitting is about... I don't know, a couple hundred yards from any amount of trees where those squirrels usually live. I guess it may have come across the road where there's only one or two big trees, but it seems like a really strange place to see a squirrel. Anyway, that's the scene around here these days. Can't see the top of the hill right now. It's been raining for... 10 hours or so, 12 hours straight pretty much. Stopped some time last night and when it does that all this fog comes in, completely coats the ground with dew and the air is opaque and you can't see hardly anything at all. I've been trying to write things recently, and that's what I'm really getting to in this recording, which I don't even know if I'm going to share, because I haven't been able to write anything for three months or more that I've appreciated. That might not seem like a big deal, but the fact is I've never had a creative block like this in my entire life. There's never been a period of time in this, of this length where I haven't been able to write something or draw something or be interested in taking photos or have an idea of something that I'm working on that's lasted this long. There's always been something that helps me create something or there's always a starting point and those starting points have just failed me for this whole summer. I can't really even say why. It's been bizarre and kind of disturbing. But last night I had a dream about grouse. And quite a few months back over a year ago, I wrote about grouse and about the story of grouse 
and about the story of the northern Paiute people about the grieving woman and the sage grouse and I actually dreamed of a sage grouse last night and then I also cried in the dream and I thought isn't that strange because in the dream I didn't think it was a sage grouse it just looked like a grouse to me I didn't have the recognition of it being a grouse of a certain species I just knew it was a grouse but there's also a, a element of grief in the dream this grief that's been haunting me for five or six years or four maybe four three or four years at this point um, suffice to say this grief is based on a loss that I'm even now still trying to understand. I'm trying to understand why this loss was so profound because it wasn't like the loss of certain friendships were people that I saw regularly or whatever, but they were people who were really important in my life who I feel like were some of my favorite people. and. Like, they just don't exist in my life anymore. They're gone completely, and they'll never be back. And maybe the reason why I had some of these thoughts about the sage-grouse or this dream and some further grief about it is because recently a texture or a person that was similar to the grief or the loss that happened three or four years ago appeared in my life again for a moment and long story short um, I was living on an island in Maine and there was this really abusive relationship that I was sort of witnessing every day and I thought I was going to help bring some clarity to it. I actually thought about it for months before I tried to do anything and it was with a friend of mine and their partner and I feel completely fine in saying my own side of the story because I'm basically 100% sure that this person doesn't pay attention to anything I do anymore but the situation was that they were being so controlled and talked down to and degraded and gaslit that they didn't really have a clear grip on reality anymore and I didn't really know what would happen or I wouldn't have done this when you when a person tries to intercede in a dynamic like that if the controlling person who is the the guy in the relationship is basically skillful enough or has enough power over the other person if someone tries to intercede in that relationship, they can take someone and basically turn them against other people who are trying to help because they still want control, obviously, over the other person. And it's kind of a, it's a narcissist, it's like, psychology calls it a narcissistic personality disorder. That was the diagnosis, I think, that I would assign to that person who was controlling it was a really fucked up situation though because we were living, me and Anna were living at this farm and there was this guy who was basically controlling 
everything around him at all times and we had to live there and we were working with them and then we were also essentially renting as from the farm which they didn't own any of the rentals but they were the manager of the farm and it was this really bad situation that ended up causing both of us extreme emotional trauma that for some reason I've never been able to get rid of but the person that showed up recently was another person that reminded me of this whole situation who has quite obviously a narcissistic personality disorder or I guess I would call it I mean those are big stupid psychology words that mean someone who is deeply abused and manipulated as a child and they haven't figured out how to um, reconcile that intense level of pain that they suffered as a child and so their technique has been to control everything around them in order to feel safe and so that is the situation with this person I met recently who had an encounter with my girlfriend at the place that she works in town here in Chelsea and the situation is that this summer this is probably the least interesting thing I've ever put on this newsletter but whatever I'm just putting it out there because I need to talk about it I guess it's a selfish recording so feel free to stop listening whenever you want to obviously that's always up to you but basically this summer I was working with a person at a different farm here and he was living with this other guy who has these problems of control and he was living with him and his partner and this person that I was living or working with told me this whole rundown he was very reluctant because it was like he's not a drama person at all he was just basically trying to keep his head down he didn't want to talk about these people but at some point the situation became so unbearable he had to talk about it and he was trying to keep out of it as much as he could but the problem with people who have this personality disorder is that the more you shrink back from them the more they come after you because at all costs what they want is control and so even removing yourself from a situation to them is seen as an, as an affront because you're not going along with their scheduled plan for what they want out of you and so Patrick or this person that I was working with um, was trying to just get out of this situation by being completely quiet about it and not involving himself in the drama of these people and it wasn't really working because the more you do that with a narcissist the more they come after you like I just said and so he started talking about it to me and other people who weren't involved in it and it sounded a lot like the situation that I had lived through in Maine where there were basically these two people one of which was being totally controlled and gaslit by the other who turned against someone else um, and Patrick didn't try to help them like in my case on North Haven this person of mine was a friend and so I tried to help her by mentioning like some of these controlling tendencies that I saw and some of the degrade degrading tendencies and it just anyway the point is I got to see 
from the other side, from someone not involved in a situation like this, what happened? What happens within that dynamic? Because what happened when I left Maine back in 2017, 2018, was that my friend's sister showed up who was one of my best friends who is now no longer will speak to me. Um, I never spoke to her about what happened there. I have no idea why she won't talk to me. She never told me why she just completely cut off all communication and won't respond to anything I've ever sent her again. Um, and I stopped sending her things like years ago. So it's not like I'm trying to talk to this person more or something and annoying them. But, um, the person that person who was my friend showed up to hang out with her sister after we left the island me and Anna in North Haven because the situation was intolerable and becoming dangerous is how it felt um and and then she never talked to me again and so the only information i have is that when we left we were on really bad terms with the farm manager and his partner and um that's the only information that I have. We were seen as evil, manipulative, selfish, just disgusting people. That was kind of how we were being painted. And I knew it because that's what this person who was my manager was telling everyone around him about us. And so the thing that was really amazing and eye-opening was now three or four years later to see this person who has that same controlling dynamic in a relationship harming someone else who is living with them and see the result of that person. And then on top of that, to get the other picture of basically what happened recently was the problem in that, that relationship where my friend was living on a different place most recently was obviously this guy who's a narcissist and his wife, who's just a victim. But in this situation, the same thing happened in that they went together against this person who was renting from them, who did literally nothing at all. I think that he was a little flaky on the work trade stuff, but basically he was enduring screaming arguments in the house that would start sometimes at four in the morning. That happened pretty much every day. And the person who is rent who was renting to him was so gaslit that she didn't remember that that even happened she wiped it from her memory because the person her partner has such a, a control over her that he just tells her that she doesn't remember things and that she's wrong and it wasn't that bad and all those things you hear about manipulative people doing and that it's part of a healing journey or whatever the hell this freak is telling her and then that person came into the shop where my girlfriend works, the manipulative dude, and he knows that I, who am dating Anna or am Anna's partner, was working on the farm crew with Patrick, and somehow he heard that like Patrick and I were friends and then assumed that, I don't know, Patrick told everyone else a bunch of stuff about this other guy or something. And so he started going after Anna. 
and like being really aggressive toward her which I think is just his personality but then basically his partner who walked in there too just unloaded all of this stuff that Anna had like she just said hello and then suddenly all this stuff about Patrick came out and now he was like a bad renter and a terrible person and how they felt really sad that things didn't work out for him and that he should have told them and but the fact was he couldn't tell them because the entire problem was that they couldn't change what they were doing every day they were having these horrible arguments that were terrifying to him because a lot of them started to be about him and them screaming about how he didn't do things right or how he broke some rules or whatever that was just mostly just made up because he was being used as a scapegoat essentially from this maniac's situation so that he could keep control over his partner and blame someone else for all of his problems. And basically what I got to see is the peeled back version of what happened in Maine when my friend's sister showed up and was like, what happened this summer? Why are Hudson and Anna not here anymore? And it was probably just my friend my friend's sister who worked on the farm with us basically being like yeah they're horrible people they tried to manipulate us and like they left early on the season and they tried to say that we were terrible people and all of this outright lie because what I was trying to do the entire time was to to tell her that she was in an abusive relationship that she needed to leave I didn't give a shit where she went like it wasn't selfishly motivated she could have just disappeared forever I was trying to help someone gain clarity over the fact that they're being massively gaslit and manipulated and it completely blew up in my face and then I lost not even just one person but maybe two or three people that I knew through that person or who are friends with her who I think have heard of this story and just decided that I'm now an evil person forever and it was all because I was trying to untangle this horribly abusive relationship just by talking to them. I didn't do anything. I, I said, can we talk about stuff? Most of it's work-related. And then eventually I was like, no, this isn't just work-related. This is about like the fact that I think you guys are in an abusive relationship. And they were like, no, we're not. And I was like, well. And then basically the crux of that whole situation was the guy started to actually come after me in public, like aggressively. And I basically said, you have to stop. And he was like, no, I'm not going to. And I was like, okay, well, then I'm quitting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's just no reason for me to put this on the internet, so I probably won't. Why does it affect me so much? It's been three or four years since I've even talked to these people, seen them, and they're still appearing in dreams. I'm still crying in dreams about these people. It's just completely absurd. Like, it makes no sense at all. Why does grief work this way? I don't know, but I have a suspicion that this perspective I have about myself 
was confirmed. I have this perspective that I don't have anything to offer the world, that I don't have anything important to say, that nothing I do or say or write or think is very valuable, and that the things that I'm fighting against, these paradigms and like, or that I'm trying to reinterpret, I don't really like the word fighting, that I'm trying to reinterpret and understand and that these perspectives are just worthless. And so when some of the closest people to me basically say, you're an evil, horrible person that we never want to speak to again for the rest of our lives, and we're not even going to explain why, it kind of confirms that belief about myself. That I'm just a terrible person with nothing to say. That no one values and is just disposable. And I guess that's why it still sucks. Partially also because I haven't really built a new community since then. Because I've been moving around so much. So I haven't had a bunch of people that are supportive who erased that idea that I was just a terrible, worthless person that didn't matter to anyone else. Which is something I've struggled with my entire life. I've always been in someone on the outside of things, someone who doesn't fit in. Like, all in my 20s, I didn't want to drink, and so I just didn't really have friends. I just refused to socialize through alcohol consumption, and it just left me alone. I just left, it was left with nothing for me to do. And I didn't want to smoke weed. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. And so I was just an outcast. And I didn't want to do those things because I saw them as evidence that our ways of coping and hanging out and socializing and being together were unhealthy. And since then I've been like, how the fuck do we heal this shit? Because it's, everywhere and people don't stop like it's not even that people get over it it's like people become alcoholics now or social alcoholics or they get addicted to all kinds of things it's just terrible I guess that was how I used to see things, and I don't see them so much that way now. Now I see things as people just being on their own path and doing the best that they can with whatever they have available to them, with whatever paradigm or situation they're currently working through, with whatever tools they have available. But I didn't want to be part of a lot of those people's paths because they didn't make sense to me. And so I was isolated for a really long time. And then in my latter 20s, I met Anna and we basically have been moving around since then. And I haven't really been part of a community anywhere for more than a year or six months. I feel like now that I've been sitting somewhere in Vermont for five months or so, and we're not planning to go anywhere. We'll be here for the whole winter and into the spring and probably for longer than that. All of these thoughts and feelings are coming up from the past that I didn't deal with yet. They're still hanging around in different ways and they're still traumatic. And even though I really did try and deal with them, like I really sincerely have tried, it didn't work. And that's the thing that's most mysterious to me is how 
when there's grief and loss like this, how the fuck do you deal with it? And a lot of people would say, go to therapy. But I don't believe in therapy because it's, it's piecemeal. It's only talking about your emotions. What about the rest of your, of your body? What about your diet? What about the teas that you drink? What about the people that you see? Like, I don't believe in therapy for myself because I don't, I've never found a type of therapy that seems like it's actually holistic until I started studying Chinese medicine earlier this year in the spring. And that is actually a medicine form that covers the entire spectrum. It takes into account every single part of a person in order to prescribe treatments. And so I believe in Chinese medicine as a modality for me. Before that, I thought I was just basically doing life hacks personal optimization. That's what a, th a lot of therapy seems like to me. And I feel like because of Chinese medicine, I've been able to encounter some of these issues and some of these thoughts in different ways. And actually sincerely start the healing process. Just yesterday I was on a run and I ran up to the top of this mountain in the mist and I was listening to a podcast with these two Chinese medicine doctors. One of them is more of a homeopathic doctor, but um, the guy is named Heiner Fruhoff and the, the woman is named Lori Regan and they talk about, they have this podcast called True Nature Radio and recently, yesterday, they were talking about the small intestine archetype, which is an organ system in the body. It's a, it's a physical organ in the Chinese perspective, but it's also an archetype. It's, it's a system that isn't necessarily bound to the physical flesh of the small intestine. It's something that has a function that's larger than just the the aspect of digesting food and that function of the small intestine one of them is to separate out what is useful and what is not in the body but also in the emotional body and so this doesn't make any sense from a scientific perspective because from a scientific deductive logic perspective our bodies are just physical entities and they don't have any type of energy imbued that can't be measured in the system and so if something can't be seen observed or measured it doesn't exist right that's the scientific materialistic view but the Chinese medicine perspective is that there's actually all these substances that can be seen through association to exist they just aren't measurable or observable in the common way that we see things or can measure them through light spectro spectroscopy or weight or 
heart rate or blood sugar levels or whatever. But these things influence all of those that are layered on top of them, such as qi and jing and shen. Qi is like a metabolic but also a prenatal energy form. Jing is essence, like the source of life that is inside of your body. And Shen is their spirit, or this thing that cannot be understood in words necessarily. It's, it's like a animating process. And Western medicine would say those don't exist because they can't be seen, measured, or observed. But the Chinese say that you can see from those, and just the ancient mind in general sees these things as things that you can imply the existence of other things based on, like universal principles. Anyway, it's too much to explain all these things. The whole point is to say the small intestine archetype is an organ system in the body, but also an emotional regulatory system that allows our bodies to suss out what is good from what is bad. And the fact is, the pathology that many, many, many people have now is that they cannot figure out what is good and what is bad for them. It's too confusing. There's all these things on social media that are so seductive, but they're so overwhelming and so bad for our minds that we can't decide whether we should let them in or not. And people get caught, as far as I can tell, people that I know, get caught in this endless feedback loop of trying to decide whether they should use these things or not. And it creates, actually, the, the process of not being able to decide whether something is good for you or not actually creates an internal, from the Chinese medicine perspective, it creates an internal emotional and energetic and physical imbalance that results in things like food allergies. You might just think, oh, I'm eating too much of this thing, or there's too many chemicals in that, and that's causing inflammation in my intestine. That's true, but there's also an energetic perspective that the idea of the media we consume also affects the organ systems in a profound way. If you don't believe me, just think about what a depressed person often has issues with depressed people from the Western medical perspective have decreased immunity, they have higher inflammation in their bodies, higher rate of cardiac issues. Basically, all kinds of issues come from an emotional state. And so just think about that and then think about that in terms of emotions that you're consuming and, and the way that you're allowing things in or out of your body throughout the day. And you can see that the Chinese medicine perspective is true. Anyway, maybe I have a small intestine issue because I can't seem to regulate certain relationships out of my body that just seem stuck there. But at the same time, I, it's a confounding problem because I feel like I have done an immense amount of work trying to move on from certain things, but it just never quite works. I'm sure there are people who can relate to this. 
And I think this blockage is possibly why I've had such a hard time making things this summer, because all these things are finally welling up and coming to the forefront, and I just still don't know what to do about any of them. Why do I keep having dreams about these people who will never speak to me again? Why do I physically feel this grief and this response in my body when I think of these people? Why, when I have a concurrent situation with some other narcissistic asshole, does it bring up all these memories of that time? It's still stuck in my body. I don't know how to release it. I feel like I've tried everything. And the most powerful part about that grouse stream is that grouse in the Northern Paiute tradition, story tradition, are indicators of grief. And not only that, but they're of indicators of endless grief, grief that can make you ill, but also of great healing. Because there's a story about a grieving woman in a sage grouse where the sage grouse teaches the woman how to release her grief. And I wrote a poem about that called Pain is a Practice. And I thought that I had released that grief, but it just didn't seem, still seems like it's there. Isn't it fucked up that by trying to help someone with utmost sincerity, without any regard for myself, I was the one who walked away with trauma and grief that's lasted for years. Like, what the fuck? Guess that's all I have to say today. This has definitely been the worst thing I've ever put on the internet, but that's what it is. I hope to be able to start writing again about things that aren't like this, or just ideas and the things that I enjoy conveying. Because despite what the dominant culture seems to be telling me all the time, I feel like I do have interest in things that matter to others. And I still think I have a, a good perspective to share about them. So I'm going to keep doing that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>